The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bad seat, the broken eight, the bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad attitude, bad taste, bad lot, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live at the Pharrell Palatial right across the river through the woods from where Granny just came by with a bag of indigo Wi-Fi 43, 19% THC. And she said, let's get it on, sonny boy. And I said, do you want some JMO to go with it? And she said, only if we're in New York City, the big apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do be. All my friends that come around, fight the fight the party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs up down with a mess of tides and tatter. My friends splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it Ooh, hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Mafia tonight. And right now, in uh, the Thursday night game, it's been ugly so far. Turnovers, you name it, missed field goals. I've seen it all. The Eagles are leading the Giants in the third, 10 to 7 in Philadelphia. And right before the half, Elliott missed a chip shot field goal after the Giants had fumbled the ball away at their own 40. And Wentz moved him down, couldn't complete a pass in the end zone. He tried to hit Jackson once, and he tried to hit Fulgham, and none of it worked out. They bring Elliott in. Elliott chunks it left wide of the uh, goalpost, and uh, no good, and they went to the break at 10-7. I've been watching this game, and it's interesting to me. I was listening to Troy Aikman talk about how – I mean, he sounded like, without a doubt, he he thinks Daniel Jones is going to be a great quarterback, that he said he can make every single throw. Uh, If guys are open, he can hit them. He can make any style, any type of throw. He can do it all. And uh, I was watching, and I was like, well, why doesn't he ever do any of it? (laughs) He never does any of that. When does he ever do anything? When does he ever make big throws? When does he ever make big passes? When does he ever do anything except throw picks and get sacked? And when are the receivers ever open besides never? Maybe at practice they're open. The Giants offense is anemic. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood... 
we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Bench. Appalachian State's up 38-17 on Arkansas State in the only college football game tonight. They just scored and got the extra point, but unbelievable. The, the quarterback uh, ran one for like 30 yards. I mean, they're just, I, I'm just watching them moving the ball right down the field like butter. But I really don't care about, uh, and he scored a touchdown running at this guy, Thomas. Unbelievable. I mean, I saw him run two in a row, like 30 yards. Boom, boom. And then in the end zone, 38-17 App State. They were laying uh, 13 at kickoff. I got it at uh, 10.5 when it opened up, and I uh, laid it with Appalachian State. It'll go to the fourth quarter, 38-17 App State. So Philly, 10-7 over the Giants. Jones, 114 yards, 8.8-yard average. A TD to Golden Tate, 39 yards, and an interception. He's been sacked twice, 83 and a half uh, is the rating for him. But then you look at Wentz, 178 yards, 6.6 average, no TDs, one pick, sacked three times, and a 63 and a half rating, which is terrible, right? I mean... It's unbelievable. Uh, Wentz ran in uh, a touchdown, so uh, he's run the ball five times uh, and has a touchdown, and that's it. Uh, They got an Elliott field goal, so they could have been up 13-7. But the Giants have the ball now with just under 11 minutes to go in the third, and Daniel Jones. I got to tell you, like, Mafia, when I watch this guy, you know, it's been a couple of years, right? We've been watching this guy in New York. And and frankly, we've been watching Sam Darnold, the same thing, right? So I'm like sitting here watching this guy tonight. And I'm like going, what is special about this guy besides absolutely nothing? I mean, honestly, like I'm just watching him. He is, he's like a knockoff Eli Manning. And he literally, he's nowhere near as good as Eli Manning was as far as I'm concerned. And I've heard all I can take about how big he is and how he can run and how he's so smart and all this other. If you remember, and he almost just threw another pick. If you remember many times on this show over the years, like whether I was back at CBS or whatever, right? Back in the day when they got him, I used to tell you on the air, I used to say, I never thought he was good at Duke. (laughs) <laughs> let alone in the NFL. So I've never bought him. And I'm I'm not even being a jerk. I'm just trying to absorb his game. And, you know, if he were doing great things, 
I would say so. Uh, okay, he threw a, a 39-yard TD strike to take. Congratulations. But ever since then, it's just been one bad pass after the next. Sacks, quarterback hits. Uh, one of them, I don't know if you saw one, he just threw it right into the ground. It, like, slipped out of his hand. He went to throw it, and he threw it straight down to his shoes. And they were like, is that a pass or a fumble? Like, I just think when I watch him, it's just ugly football. It's never clean. It's never sharp. It's never consistent. It's like, you know, I don't know if I could see him like throw two completions in a row. I mean, honestly, like it's one good play, five bad plays, one good play, one bad play, one good play, four bad plays, one good play, six bad plays. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the guy hasn't started a, you know, a whole season yet. He's Well, he has just over a season, 18 games. 18 starts between last year and this year and his second year now. Six games in. This is the seventh. But it's just you want to give him time. But what you're not seeing from last year to this year, and yes, you have a bad offensive line. Yes, you lost Barkley. You know, there's a million reasons you can make excuses for this guy right now in his second year. The problem is you're not seeing learning from what he did before. He's making these same dumb mistakes week after week. You heard all coming into this year about how, well, he knows his ball security was bad last year. He knows he has to take better care of it, not turn it over. Still fumbling the ball. Well, he knows he has to make the smarter play. Yeah, the one last week where he's supposed to throw it way out of the end zone and he throws it right to the guy in the corner of the end zone, the guy picks it off. Like He's doing the same dumb things and he's not learning. And that's what dooms a young quarterback. That's what you know doomed Jameis Winston. Like The guy could throw a million touchdown passes. He could throw it for 5,000 yards. But he threw 30 picks a year, so that kills the team. You know, that's the same thing that's happened to every Jets quarterback since Testa Verde, is that they've all had, you know, plays that they make, and you're like, wow, that's an awesome play. And then two plays later, they throw a pick six of their own 25 instead of getting rid of the ball. It's just the dumb plays and not taking care of the ball that make you worry every time this guy has it. Do you think that uh, Darnold is just as bad? Do you think he's, uh, like, the spitting image of him, watching him struggle with the Jets? Yeah, I think they're both very similar. I think they're in very similar situations where, yes, you don't have a great team. You have crappy talent around you, and it's not necessarily all your fault when guys are in your face and you got to make a quick play you know, in two and a half seconds, and you don't get to go through all your reads. But still, you have to figure something out here. And you know, sadly for both of them, the best plays they've made usually are with their feet because they're running away from guys getting in the backfield all the time and you know, the pocket collapsing on them all the time. And that's where the best plays are made. But it's I'll give – you know, maybe I'm a little biased in this. I think where I give Donald a little bit of edge so far is that he hasn't fumbled it. Like he still throws the dumb picks. I'll absolutely, you know, say they're one neck and neck with that. I haven't seen the dumb fumbles from him that you see from Daniel Jones, where he's running with a ball with one hand and gets it knocked out and things like that. So you think uh, Donald protects it a little bit better and is not as loose? He's not going to say the a better quarterback saying that you know, they, they both have a lot of questions that they need answered and they're both in danger right now because their teams are so bad they might have a shot at a much better quarterback yeah i mean uh so if the jets lose out like you know and i don't frankly think that you know that's their goal in life i, I really i i can't assume that they're gonna just try to lose every single game uh, i don't want to believe that that i think they want to you know try to figure this out but let's say they were to lose out and then they get the number one pick and they're going to select Trevor Lawrence and that will be the end of Sam Darnold with the Jets. 
Yeah, it absolutely would be. I think that's the case. You know, I think then they look for a trade partner. If you got that number one pick, there's no doubt you're going after that kid. It doesn't matter. You know, if you have a great quarterback, then maybe. But if you had a great quarterback, you wouldn't be in that situation. You know, I think just about every team that's in that possibility of getting that first round pick is going to draft, you know, Trevor Lawrence in that pick and get rid of whoever they have. Well, didn't you think, uh, seriously, though, did you think he was that good in college, Sam Darnold? Really? I mean, in all honesty, I thought he no, was, I thought, like I, I thought he was better than Daniel Jones, but uh, maybe it's because he was at a like a you know somewhat real program. I don't. I'm not a buyer in Duke football. Okay, I know Cutliff's a decent coach and all the rest, but I just think you know certainly where Donald played in the Pac-12 was a lot better. Yeah, you know, he's obviously had a much more prestigious program at USC. I thought Sam Darnold, when they drafted him, it was kind of, to me, the same thing as them going Sanchez, where it's a guy that I thought needed more experience. I don't think that he was ready, you know, with the, the experience that he had to jump in there and be a starter in the NFL or even, you know, show me enough that I say, okay, yeah, I think this guy can be great when he gets to it. You know, I think it was another situation where it's a guy that, I mean, honestly, he had more time than Sanchez. He had three years starting there, but I thought he could use another season. I thought he should have hung around one more time, you know, got a little better because I thought he was better, you know, the year before he he jumped out. I think the year that he came out, he had, you know, more interceptions. He threw bad, you know, picks in situations where he was trying to force the ball. He thought he had the better talent. I'm just going to throw it up. My guy's going to get it. And they didn't. I thought he was, you know, he should have stayed and learned a little more. And he just didn't get that maturity there. And it's hurt him just like it did with Sanchez. And just like it's done with others. I actually liked Rosen more at that point in the draft when they had those two guys there. But obviously that didn't pan out either. He's been just as bad. Well, it really is unbelievable when you think about it, how many bad quarterbacks, uh, you know, that everybody thought were good uh, that came out of the Pac-12, let's face facts, that went to the NFL. And am I missing something here? Which one of them uh, has done well? Like, besides none of them. Like, it's unbelievable. And because when I watch the Pac-12 and, you know, I lived out there for a long time, I love it. So I have no problem with the Pac-12. I think it's awesome. They score a lot. I think the games are wide open. I think it's fantastic. But I don't see any real glaring success from any of these uh, quarterbacks. I mean, honestly, like you go back to Ryan Leaf. He was a disaster. Think about it. Look at all these quarterbacks. Now, look, I think Herbert is the first one, that, uh, in my opinion, in a while that looks really good. And... I think when the Jets, if they draft uh, Trevor Lawrence, they're not going to get anything for Sam Darnold. I mean, a bag of peanuts. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you. Because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, so pass interference on the Eagles at the uh, end zone. And so first and goal from the one for the Giants. You cannot even believe. And, and Coleman, uh, Roby Coleman just tackled Ingram. That was clearly a pass interference. Now they got first and goal from the one, the Giants, and they're going to take the lead in this football game unless they fumble. Because, uh, and I can't even tell you, touchdown Giants. So I have to tell you what happened. Uh, I don't know if you're watching the game or if you're just listening to me. But uh, Gallman scores the touchdown over the top. So here's what happened. Daniel Jones broke free at his own 10-yard line and ran 90 yards, basically, to the hizzy. The guy was running. There wasn't anyone within 20 yards of him. Then he got down to about the 20, and there was probably two guys within 10 yards of him. But no one was close to tackling him. It was an automatic touchdown, and the guy fell down on his face, running the ball toward the end zone, 90 yards. He ran out of gas, and he stumbled and fell on his face. Now, everyone, they're going to show this highlight forever. This is as bad as the butt fumble. I mean, the guy had no one around him for 15, 20 yards, and he, all he had to do was just walk into the end zone, and he fell down on the way in. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. The guy broke free. I'm sitting here with Mafia. I'm like, look at this guy. He's going to go 90 yards untouched. The guy goes to the 20, 30, 40, 50, 40, 30, 20. And then he fell down. (laughs) He fell down on his face. He literally, no one touched him. He just fell down. He just absolutely bit it. He was so either out of gas or uncoordinated or so gassed or so whatever. I don't know. He was looking. I think what happened, Mafia, he kept looking around to his left and right to see if anyone was going to get him. And I think it it threw him off his balance. You know, when you're like if you turn really quick and you're looking and you don't you know, you know what I mean? You're not square. Uh, like if I, if, if I'm shampooing in the shower and I got my eyes closed and I turn around and sometimes, sometimes I don't know where I am. That's what it looked like to me. Like he looked to see if anyone was near him. And when he turned his whole body and balance, uh, shifted and he lost it and he bit it. And then it was so embarrassing that they showed his teammates laughing at him on the bench. Uh, people in the owner's box laughing at him. People, they have showed the highlight 17 times since he did it because it's so funny. It's just so ridiculously unbelievable that the guy fell down. He was literally no one around him for 20 yards the entire way down the field. He literally took off running like, holy S, I'm going to go 90 yards. There was no one near him. And he he ran all the way down the field and then he fell down. Like, are you kidding me? But they did uh, score because of the pass interference call and on Coleman. And that was it. They got in on the Gallman uh, touchdown right, right up the middle over the top. And now they lead the game 14-10. I mean, I couldn't even believe what I just saw. When you saw that, Mafia, what did you think when you saw him uh, go 90 yards and then fall down? I thought, just don't fumble, because we're talking about how bad his ball security is. That's the only way it would have been even worse, is if he hit the ground and the ball pops out and the Eagles jump on it in the end zone and get a touchback, because that's the only way that, that could have been worse. That, Like you said, no one near him, completely daylight, you know, all in front of him, and he trips. If they were at the Meadowlands, I would have said, you know, the old Jimmy Hoffa, that, you know, someone tripped him at the 10-yard line. They would say, oh, the Jimmy Hoffa must have grabbed him there. And... Uh, 
but they're in Philly. So I don't know what, what body's buried under there, but some tripped him up out of nowhere. Like you said, probably him looking back and throwing off his, you know, his running style, his feet, just tripped over his own two feet, flat on his face at the 15-yard line. So embarrassing. He's lucky they got the touchdown. Otherwise, he would not have lived that down if they lost by three. Where do you think they uh, buried Jimmy Hoffa? Well, didn't we find that out in the Irishman that they didn't actually bury him anywhere? And they like uh, they incinerated him. I thought isn't that what was in the Irishman? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that that they incinerated him. Uh, like, like, can I? Can we just stick to the original uh, theory? Was that he was buried uh, in the swamps and in, in uh, around the Meadowlands? Okay, so, but do you believe that, or do you think he was like? Uh, do you think they took him out to the Pine Barrens? No, I'll go with the swamps in Jersey. It's more fun, especially, you know, the, with the stadium being constructed around then, although now you have the new stadium, so he would actually be in the parking lot somewhere, not actually in the stadium. But that's that's more fun story than, you know, his ashes just being gone. Who played him? Uh, oh, Pacino played him in that movie, didn't he? Yeah, he did. That was pretty good when you think about well, it. So uh, 14 to 10 Giants. I have to ask you, like, can you even believe this? Because... Uh, well, first of all, you remember when it was six and a half, I wanted the Giants, right? And then when it moved to right. three and a half, I said, I think the Eagles will cover the three and a half. Now they're losing 14-10 at home to the Giants, and Carson Wentz can't get out of his own way. I don't know if you're watching this, but his passes get worse by the minute. I mean, he is. it has gotten so bad in Philly. Uh, look, if they lose this game, They'll never live it down. I mean, they're not going to live it down because the Giants are, uh, you know, anemic at one in five, right? Yet, you know, you're watching this game right now. I'm watching it. it the Giants are pushing them around. They're like, uh, he just scored. Uh, he just went 80 yards before falling on his face. How do you let a slow white quarterback run 80 yards on your watch if you're the Eagles defense? I can't even explain it. And then they score. They have the lead. They're up four in your building, and you can't even complete a pass. They just went three and out, and his passes were so bad. He's worse than uh, Jones throwing the ball. Like, at what point do you think I mean, they're going to turn on this Wentz guy. Uh, he's literally down to his last uh, strings in terms of, I think he's down to his last couple of weeks as the uh, quarterback of the Eagles. I mean, honest to God, he's so awful. Like, do you remember when they got him out of North Dakota State? Like, And then they you know, were so great, and then he got injured, and then they won the Super Bowl with Foles, and everybody said, don't worry, Carson Wentz is the starter. He's the man, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, he's, you know, ever since he's played, since then, he's been awful. I mean, that's just all there is to it. I, I'm done with any of this other nonsense that it's the injuries and it's the you know offensive line. They've had five different offensive lines. They've had all these different receivers and everything else. You know, which is it? Fulgham, they talk about how great Fulgham is, right? The receiver. And, uh, but then they talk about how Jackson and Jeffrey never play and Ertz is injured. Which is it? Are you you have no receivers or you have this star receiver in Fulgham that's making a name for himself? So it's always some excuse as to why they're uh, what is it? Uh, one, four and one. Is that what they are? So, uh, you know, they have the same amount of wins as the Giants. If the Giants beat them here tonight, the Giants move right in front of them into a, uh, you know, I, obviously the Cowboys would still have the lead. I think they're two and four and the Giants would be two and five. So uh, bottom line is, 
Uh, it's just unbelievable to me. At what point do you think, Mafia, they just finally give up on Carson Wentz? Uh, ordinarily, I would have said, you know, it's going to take a while. But with Jalen Hurts drafted right behind him, you know, and put in there, they obviously know they need some kind of other option. They need, you know, whether it's him there just to make the offense a little more dynamic or because they were looking for a replacement for Wentz eventually, he's there. And him being there is going to put pressure on Wentz. Now, we haven't seen too much of him really throwing the ball or doing anything other than being kind of a you know gadget-type player. But the more Wentz struggles, the more he'll start to get in there and make some plays and do some things, and that's when we're going to see him take over. But, you know, this game still isn't done because what we've seen from the last couple of weeks against Steelers and the Ravens, who are both much better than the Giants, is, you know, we're going to get our butt kicked for the first three quarters, and all of a sudden, we're just going to start winging the ball around. we got nothing to lose, and we're going to come back and cover and screw all the betters. And I just saw a guy, I don't know if you saw that play, but a guy from the Eagles just absolutely headbutted a guy in the Giants after the uh, play was dead. Did you see that? And the ref came running in and didn't throw a flag. How do you not throw a flag when you see a guy headbutt another player? Literally, he thrust his head back and, and full on 100 miles an hour headbutted him right in the head. How is that not a flag? How is that no not idea. a personal foul? How is that not whatever, unsportsmanlike conduct, whatever? Did you see the headbutt? I, I did. Mean, it's it's just, ridiculous uh, that it, there's nothing on that. No flag. That's, that's, to me, that's automatic, unsportsmanlike, boom, 15 yards, no questions asked, but no flag. I mean, what, what is the ref looking at? The ref oh. was running right toward the play. He was looking right at it from five yards away, and he didn't throw the flag. And you know why? Because I saw him reaching into his pants. He couldn't find it. He's so fat. The ref, that ref couldn't find the flag. That's what the problem was, because he knew that it was a, it was a headbutt. It was a personal foul. Without a doubt, that headbutt, you got to throw the flag on that. It's a retaliation headbutt after he got blocked. All he did was block him. He gave him a physical block on a play. The guy didn't like it. He shoved him, then he headbutted him, and then there's no flag. And that would have been first down. Instead, they're going to punt it. I mean, unbelievable. How do you miss that? It's amazing to me. You know, what bothers me about it is, is that they, they throw the flag on every single play in the NFL. Do they not? They throw every single play. They'll throw a flag. They call everything. They literally call everything. If a guy's mustache moves, it's a legal procedure. I mean, if a guy's pinky moves, a legal procedure. If a guy, how about how many times they call um, uh, where they aren't set and one of the linemen isn't down, he's just uh, standing buckled, and they call, uh, you know, that they weren't set and they bring the play back on a touchdown or whatever else. They make up these phantom calls, but then they'll miss a guy five yards in front of their face. He's running right toward them fighting and he sees the guy lunge and headbutt the guy right in the skull and he doesn't throw a flag. How do you throw flags on every play in the NFL and then you don't throw it when a guy skulls another guy is beyond me? All right, Pharrell on a bench, big play for Fulgham from Wentz down to like the 10-yard line from the 50. Big play down the right sideline. 
Bad defense. Missed the pass. Fulgham catches it. Goes another 15, 20 yards. Gets lit up at the 10. Out of bounds. So the Eagles are in business. Uh, in the red zone. Nine-yard line of the G-men. Down 14-10 with a minute 20 left and rolling in the third. And, I mean, they literally, uh, they have no option here. Mafia, it's beyond me, but they run it right up the middle for one yard on first down. Like, zero, absolutely no creativity whatsoever. Their offense is so predictable and so lame. It really is. It's amazing to me. And here's another thing. I just want to just call it for what it is. Deshaun Jackson's playing in this game tonight. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about this guy for uh, ever, how he never plays and he's just injured year round. And then, you know, he, he literally misses every practice, every game, and he finally is playing tonight. It's like, and now Hertz tries to run the ball on a, a quarterback option, gains nothing, and gets lit up going right. But I just wanted to look at his numbers. Uh, he's got he's got one catch for twelve yards, right? And that's it. So, uh, oh, and he, he oh oh no, he's got three catches for thirty four yards. And uh, his longest is 15 yards. He ran it once for 12 yards. My bad. And then he's been targeted five times. So three catches, 34 yards, 11-yard average, longest catch, 15 yards. Fair enough. Not the worst uh, numbers I've ever seen. But the funny thing about him is, is that I've seen him get in like three or four arguments on the field with uh, Giants players. Like he's in the middle of all the gangster stuff. He's like, he's out there getting in shoving matches and there was like a big scrum about five minutes ago at midfield you saw that mafia and who was dead in the middle of it it was deshaun jackson it's funny to me now all of a sudden uh deshaun jackson shows up for a game for the first time in two years and he wants to get in the mix and wants to fight with people and light people up and argue with people and 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 show everybody that he's a man and that he's a he's an eagle and he's gonna throw down with anyone and he he's just not to be messed with it's like oh my god what has happened to deshaun jackson he was one of the best receivers ever right like he really he's got some of the longest touchdowns in nfl history he's got more bomb touchdowns i think than any player in the league uh i think we were talking about that today uh on coast to coast the guy is uh you know, Ed Kratz, I think last night was on the show from Eagle Maven telling me about his numbers. No one has what he's done, uh, you know, plays of 60 yards or more or something like that. He's the all time leader in the NFL uh, history. But anyway, I, he never plays. So the fact that he's playing tonight, I almost fell over. Right. It was just I'm like, oh, my God, he's he's actually playing like the guy. He's a he's a bank robber. I mean, the guy's made a fortune getting paid to do nothing. He doesn't practice. He doesn't play. He's never healthy. His legs are completely shot. The guy, does he not tear and pull his hamstrings every time he gets out of bed? I mean, you know, I'm not even making this stuff up. I mean, if you look at his uh, last, whatever, four or five years, the guy's missed like every game he's like they played. He's he never plays. I don't care where he was either because he's been around the league a little bit. Everywhere he's been, he's been injured. It's no big deal. I'm not offended or anything by his uh, injuries. I just find it funny how uh, he finally comes back. It seems like it's been two years since he's uh, played in a game. And then he uh, all he's doing is arguing and getting in fights. And he's out there like trying to be the Eagles tough guy and 
he's not going to take it. He's not going to put up with anything from the Giants and all this other stuff. I need the guy to run routes and catch passes and for once, just for once in his life, come out of a game and hit the showers, put on his clothes and leave and be not on crutches or in a wheelchair. I mean, honestly, the guy never can stay healthy just for once. Could he just play the game and go home and then come back to work the next day without being a cripple? I mean, honestly, Mafia, you know, I'm not making this stuff up. I mean, if you looked it up, we'd be here all night looking at the games he's missed. He's missed so many games. He's not even like he has not been a factor on this football team at all. I don't care if he's had three receptions tonight. I'm talking about over the last couple of years since they brought him back. What has he done besides absolutely nothing? Yeah, he's played in only three games so far this year. He only played in three total last year. Uh, missed four in Tampa in 2018. Missed five, uh, six in Washington in 2015. Like he's, he misses a lot of games throughout his career. You know, back in 2012, he missed five for the Eagles. So there's been a ton of games he's missed. Like you said, he's always hurt. Even when he's playing, even when he's in there, he's always got some kind of injury that, you know, well, how effective is he going to be or what's he going to do out there? And then he'll get one big catch and then sit out the rest game. You know, he'll make one bomb catch, get a touchdown, and then be out hurt for the rest of the game. So it's always something with him. All right, look, it's fourth and goal from the three-yard line. On third down, Wentz tried to run it in. And it was the worst play you ever seen in your life. And he got tackled and there was a big scrum and they tried to shove him into the end zone. It didn't work. Now he's throwing on fourth and down and incomplete. So no points at all. No score, no field goal, no nothing, no flag, just an absolute disaster. It's like, you know, and I have the volume off because I'm doing the show or whatever. He tried to throw to Butler in the corner. Now he was definitely held, but uh, you know, bottom line is, if they're not going to call a guy headbutting from three yards away, they're not going to call that pass interference on fourth down in the end zone. But I guess I really don't think it was that much of a pass interference. You saw it, Mavi. I don't. I don't think Ryan uh, really messed with him that much. I think that's why there was no flag. But can you believe that they just marched down the field and got nothing? Got nothing. They can't even get a field goal because they know their kicker sucks. He already shanked one, so they don't trust him anymore. So they go for it on fourth and three. And that's the longest three yards of your life uh, when you're the Philadelphia Eagles offense these days. And sure enough, they get nothing out of it. Can you even believe it? Yeah, I don't like that call. I know they're usually aggressive. I know Pearson likes to go for things, but I mean, it's not like you were down a touchdown. You're down four, so you kick a field goal. Then any point you get from here on out, even if you get a safety on the next possession for them or at some point with 14 minutes left, you can win the game. Now you have to drive down no matter when you get the ball again and try to get a touchdown because you didn't get any points. There. That's just – I don't think that's a good play by them. That's just, And then just to throw it up too. It's, just, it's a lob. It's a 50-50 ball on fourth and three. That's the you know that's your go-to. This play is going to work. No, that was weak. They got to kick the field goal, even if Elliott missed one. That The one he missed was like a 37-whatever-yarder. This I one would have been – ch- this was a chip shot, and it would have been 14-13. You're right. Then they can win the game on a field goal. But you're right. Now they have to score a touchdown no matter what, and they're in the fourth quarter now. It's early. There's tons of time left. But they blew a chance to be down one point, and instead they, they have to score a touchdown. That's all there is to it. So I don't care what they say. They're not going to be able to explain that away after the game. Peterson right, is not going to be able to explain that away. You have people like, oh, well, they're backed up in their own end now. Yeah, well, they're backed up in their own end last time, too. What happened? Jones ran 90 yards on you. Like, it's not like, oh, well, now you have them. And your defense is stout. And you're going to shut them down. Like, they've been moving the ball, too. No one's moving it with great, you know, uh, 
with great accuracy here because it's only 14 10 it's not like the either offense is lighting it up but it's not like you're really shutting them down so much where, where you're saying okay we have confidence in our defense that they're going to get a stop here get us the ball right back or that they might get points off it you can't feel that way about either team on either side of the ball and he threw a first down by the way and now on uh after the first down he threw a at least a seven yarder so it's going to be like second and three so they're moving the ball right out of that deep in their own end business they're they're out of that already so it's just crazy. I, I mean, this is crazy. They look like, you know, obviously it's not done yet, but I think that uh, they're starting to look to me like, I mean, I know there's tons of time left, but they're starting to look to me like they're just playing better than the Eagles. I mean, I think the Giants are actually playing better on both sides of the ball. And they got the uh, the big play from Jones, 90 yards, whatever it was, 80 fell down, but they scored. Uh, Gallman scored. That's it. They got the lead, and then they stopped them on fourth down at the three, and that that's all you need to know that they're playing better. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. So, I mean, I, they're going to be making fun of him r- falling down forever, though. That, that run he had where he fell down, I've never seen that before. I have literally seen it all now. The guy, there was nobody around him for 20 yards, and he fell down. I have absolutely uh, seen it all. I mean, it is just absolutely crazy. Former Nets coach Kenny Atkinson has emerged as a strong contender to join Ty Lue's staff with the Clippers. Here's the Giants again with another big play. They're getting first, and uh, they just gained eight yards on first down. They just keep doing it. They're moving up the field like butter. It's unbelievable. I just want to check this other game really quick to see what that is now. 45-17 with uh, under four minutes to go. So. App State's going to win and cover the 13. I laid 10 and a half, so you got the double hit there tonight in college football. And let's see uh, what happens the rest of the way with this Giants-Eagles game. There's no uh, doubt that the Eagles are in big trouble here. Uh, Under 11 minutes now, and the Giants still have the ball. And I'm watching all kinds of football in here, Mafia. I got everything going. Highlights, you name it. I got it all going. So I want to see if they can finish them off. Oh, man, the abuse the Eagles are going to take. Seriously, the abuse. I mean, Peterson is going to get grilled, and Carson Wentz, he should run. He shouldn't even shower. He should run to the clubhouse before they let the media in, get out of his pads, get into shorts and flip-flops, and run out the back door to his car and get the hell out of there because he is going to get lit up in that press uh, postgame. I mean, bottom line is he gets worse by the week. I mean, he gets he literally gets worse for the week. Uh, in my opinion, it's just, you know, it's just going downhill fast. It's it's just truly unbelievable to me how uh, he's going backwards in his career. You can't even argue it. I mean, it's funny. We were talking about uh, Darnold and Jones being bad. What we should have done was start with Wentz being bad. And what's weird is, is that I think the guy actually and that team, and I've said this, I said it to Ed Kratz last night from uh, Eagles Maven from SI.com. I said to Eddie, I said, look, if they get all their players back, and this is even though I said I think they're trying to trade Zach Ertz, if they get all their players back healthy, and you know, Miles Sanders, all these guys, they were supposed to get Jackson and, and Lane Johnson back tonight. I haven't I haven't seen Lane Johnson. I haven't been paying that close attention. But I know Jackson played. All I know is is that, uh, you know, when they get everybody back, 
they do have talent and they do have allegedly, you know, this winning coach and allegedly this talented uh, Mr. Ripley quarterback. You know what I mean? I, I just think that uh, people think highly of Wentz at some level in the league. You know, certainly the media has bought into Carson Wentz. Everyone loves the kid since he came to the NFL. But the reality is, is that uh, Nick Foles won him the Super Bowl, certainly not Wentz. And, uh, you know, Foles had the day of his life. He had the run of his life. He had everything line up for him like he had won a bunch of hands of blackjack. The guy was just raking from the house, right? He, had, he just kept stacking chips. And he won the Super Bowl and MVP. And then they gave the job back to Wentz. And since Wentz got that job back, He's been uh, going downhill, like on a slippery, muddy slope. You can't even deny it. I mean, the guy is getting worse by the week, by the year, and uh, the Eagles are in shambles. I said to Ed last night, I thought that this team, when they get healthy, should be the team that wins that division. They should be able to win some games and win the division because they played everyone tough, but now they look pathetic. So the Giants have the ball now. I think they're looking at uh, this third down play that his knee was down well short of the first down. They gave him the first down, but his knee's down clearly short of the first down. But they gave him the first down. They're going to have to reverse this call, and it's going to be fourth down, and they're going to have to kick a field goal. Gano's going to come in and kick a, a, a field goal, make it 17-10. And it's real simple. With six and a half minutes to go, that Wentz will be forced to – but they, they're not – changing the call second and goal from the two they're not changing it and the Giants score here this game is so over it's not even funny they absolutely have to stop them and uh they stop that play a pass to Tate in the end zone so it's going to be third and goal from the two and this is it for the Eagles they either stop them here and force the field goal make it 17-10 or they are toast and I mean to tell you this is truly unbelievable how bad they are I mean they have hit a new low if you ask me because they're going to go to 1-5-1. and one. Is that what they are? They're going to be 1-5-1. and one. They're going to lose this game. So uh, you would think, right? Like, Mafia, if they kick a field goal, if Gano kicks a field goal, like if they don't score here and they kick a field goal, do they do, do the Eagles come down, tie it, and, and force overtime? Or do they just flat out lose because they've sucked so bad all night? Uh, I'm going to say they come back and tie it because that's what they've done these Touchdown last Touchdown, Giants. Oh, doesn't game matter over. Anymore. Game over. Game over. They just scored Sterling Shepard touchdown. Now it's over. And I mean to tell you, they are booing in Philadelphia. Joe Judge is going to go in. Oh, his family's in the luxury box dancing. All the kids are dancing. The wife's dancing. The wife's drinking beer. Shake out. Ooh. Shake out. Ooh. And he's from Philly. Your boy Joe Judge is from Philadelphia. And he went in there. Sterling Shepard with a cut inside a post pattern. And he gets the touchdown from Jones. And it'll be 21 10. And it's good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.